The gospel lesson this morning comes from the evangelist John, reading from the 10th chapter. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In a journal I regularly read, I recently saw a news story about the first heavy metal Church of Christ of Dayton, Ohio. This is not your grandmother's church. There were about 300 people in worship that day. People were dressed in black t-shirts or leather jackets. Many arrived on motorcycles. The music was definitely not Bach. Worshippers spoke openly and emotionally about being in recovery and of being saved from Satan's power. There were skinheads, self-affirming convicted felons, and abundant flesh piercings. Tattoos flowed like a river of multicolored ink, including on the bare arms of Pastor Brian, who said, this is a church for people who might not feel comfortable in a traditional church setting. Most people want God in their lives, but think they must clean up first before coming to Christ. You don't clean up before you jump in the shower, do you? No, God wants you exactly the way you are at this very moment. No one would confuse the first heavy metal Church of Christ with First Presbyterian Church. And I can't imagine myself fitting in there either. And I doubt many of you could. But the first metal, heavy metal, I don't even know that much about it. The first heavy metal Church of Christ did appear to be one of those more inclusive, welcoming, transformative church communities than I have seen in quite a while. And I found myself wondering, how big is the gospel? And how big is 
my gospel. Contemporary biblical scholarship has demonstrated that the beginnings of Christian faith were not as tidy and simple as we might once have imagined. For over 50 years now, scholars have had the evidence that there was wide diversity of beliefs among the early Christians. The mainstream vision of Christian faith had many, many tributaries. There were many different sheep in the sheepfold of faith. Which brings us to the key verse for today's sermon. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. The evangelist John presents this verse as a saying of Jesus, which would suggest that Jesus recognized that the kingdom of God is broad and wide, reaching far beyond his little band of Palestinian Jewish disciples. Except this verse, like most, if not all, of the Gospel of John, is most assuredly not an authentic saying of Jesus at all, but rather is the witness of the church. The saying about other sheep is not Jesus talking about the church, but is the church talking about Jesus and what they had experienced as disciples of Jesus, which makes John's claim all the more remarkable. Now, we would expect Jesus to be charitable, gracious, loving, merciful, and accepting of any and all people. But here in the Gospel of John, written just 60 years after the death of Jesus, we have evidence that at least some folk in the early Christian movement recognized that we don't know all those sheep whom God claims as God's own. John presents a pretty generous gospel, a big gospel. How big is our gospel? I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Who are these other sheep? The other sheep include Christians who are unlike ourselves. For over 1,500 years, Christianity has been the religion of Western European civilization. No more. Today, there are more Christians living below the equator than above. There are more Lutherans in Africa than there are Lutherans in Scandinavia. There are more Presbyterians in Korea than there are Presbyterians in the United States. The rich diversity of the church is also about varieties of faith, political perspectives, liturgical practices, sexual identities, and patterns of discipleship. The flock of Jesus Christ is deep and wide, as the old song says, with just about every variety of sheep you can imagine, as well as many you probably can't imagine. How big is your gospel? The other sheep may even include non-Christians as well. Now, I doubt the evangelist John could have imagined that, but we sure can. 
And it is a powerful and provocative idea to consider that there are other sheep who do not belong to our fold, who just might belong to God's fold. And our Jewish brothers and sisters and Muslim cousins are only the starting point for considering who these other sheep might be. How big is our gospel? How big is the gospel? Note the text does not say there are other sheep whom we affirm and by our affirmation are therefore welcomed into the fold or at least recognized as some kind of honorary sheep of the fold. No, we do not set the rules or the standards for whom God calls into God's flock. The other sheep belong to the fold because Christ calls them his own. John suggests God has a pretty big gospel. How big is our gospel? I had the joy of leading one of the sessions of this year's confirmation class. Although I will have to say that Wilson gave me the topic of explaining the book of confessions to a group of eighth graders and explaining the relevance of the book of confessions and why it is crucially important for us Presbyterians to affirm the book of confessions. Well, in the class, I tried to pose the question to them, how big is the gospel? Who is welcome in the church? I shared with the confirmation class differing perspectives on the church using an analogy drawn from the games of football and baseball. I also tried this out on our officers elect. Some churches see the Christian life like a football game. In football, to be successful, everyone has to work closely together, reading out of the same complicated playbook and sharing the common objective of pulverizing the opponent so as to score the most points. To do so, it is absolutely necessary that you play within the lines. Step on the sideline and you are out of bounds. In the football game, church, all people are welcome. They're welcome, that is, if they are like us, think like us, believe the way we do, and act the way we do, and are prepared to play the game that we have already started. All others need not apply. But other churches are more like baseball. In baseball, the only thing that counts is what happens at home plate. That's where the runs are scored. Baseball is a team sport, but most of the action involves only one player at a time. One pitches, another hits, a third catches the ball. So individual effort and play are not only tolerated, but expected. Most of the action occurs in the middle of the field, but there is room for those who are more comfortable way out there in left field, are way out there in right field. And within the expansive playing field, everything is in play, even when the ball lands on the foul line. Are you more comfortable with football-type faith or baseball-type faith? 
here at First Presbyterian, are we playing football or playing baseball? How big a gospel? I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. What are we supposed to do about that? In the little letter of 1 John, which I believe is a commentary on the gospel of John, we hear a directive on what to do about these other sheep. We know love by this, the author says, that Jesus laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. As Jesus, the good shepherd, gave his life for all the sheep, so also we who belong to the good shepherd's flock are called to love and give of ourselves for the sheep. Now, we may not like all of the other sheep in the Lord's fold. And for sure, we cannot identify with all those other sheep. But we can stand in solidarity with all of the sheep of God's flock, all who are the children of God. A few years back, out in the Midwest, there was a story about a little boy struggling with cancer. An event so inspiring that since then it has been oft repeated. You probably recall it. Through chemotherapy, the boy lost all of his hair. His friends didn't know what they could do to help. But they knew they could identify with the feeling of looking different, out of place, not fitting in, like some other sheep. So in anticipation of welcoming their friend back to school, they all had their heads shaved. And when he came back to school, he didn't look so unlike everybody else at all. We can't identify with everybody. For sure, we cannot understand everybody. Probably don't know too much about the first heavy metal Church of Christ of Dayton, Ohio. But we can stand in solidarity with anybody. We can welcome into Christ's church without reservation or restriction each and every child of God, including those quite unlike ourselves. We can stand beside and with those who feel like they are the least of God's family. We can stand with those who some would block from the flock of Christ or those whom some would dare to expel from the body of Christ. As I reflected on these words of John about sheep and there being but one flock and one shepherd this last week, other words came to mind. Words from the Gospel of Luke, words that probably are from Jesus himself. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. The shepherd risked his whole flock for the sake of rescuing one lost, one missing sheep separated from the fold. And when he finds that sheep, he lovingly places it upon his shoulders and carries it back to the flock. 
For every single sheep of his fold is equally and totally precious to him. How big a gospel. Friends, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. For there are other sheep that do not belong to this fold, but by the grace of God and through our sacrificial love and Jesus Christ, there will be one flock, one shepherd. Amen.